first four chapters of James 2 to begin this. My brethren, have not the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with respect of persons. For there come unto you, for there come unto your assembly a man with a gold ring and goodly apparel, and there come in also a poor man in vile raiment, and ye have respect to him that weareth the gay clothing. And say unto him, Sit thou here in a good place, and say to the poor, Stand thou there, or sit here under my footstool. Are ye not then partial in yourselves, and are become judges of evil thoughts? God bless your word tonight. Amen. Amen. James is dealing with something that I, I came up against some 10 or 15 years ago in my personal experience with God in that I came to understand that I was I was kind of informing God about who should and should not be saved. <laughs> you know, I had a I had a a plumb line myself and and I held it up and if people didn't meet my standards uh, I would inform God that, hey, you better watch this, you know. Uh, but I've come to understand that it's above my pay grade to tell God who he can save. Amen. I came to understand that for me to have respect of persons who come into my presence, either at church or on the job or just living life out in the world, and if I pass judgment on those people, that I am taking my own will into the kingdom of God. Jesus Christ, Matthew 6, 9, and 10, when he taught us how to pray, he said, after the manner, therefore, after this manner, therefore, pray you. Forgive these glasses, folks. I've got new glasses. They're much better, but they're still all over the place here, so... Let's see if I can, uh, that better work. No, that don't work. After this manner, therefore pray ye, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. That's the only will that he mentions is his will in the church. So when I come into the church and I'm in the body, not just this this facility here, but the actual, the church of God, the only will that counts is the will of God. He didn't say, uh, thy will be done in the will of those that I have called here to follow after us. Listen, that's confusion. And when I start trying to establish my own little kingdom, Inside of God's kingdom, I err. 
Who does God want in his kingdom? Not who do I want. Who does God want in his kingdom? Matthew 11, 28 and 30 through 30. Come unto me all ye that labor and are heavy laden. And I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart. Ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I have to understand that every person that comes into the presence of God, God is searching and seeking for that person. I don't care what their circumstances are. Now, it's easy for me to determine that I think someone else is more righteous or I think someone else is more, has more to benefit us financially as a church. But you have to remember this. When you start measuring righteousness and you measure it against the righteous God, you are a failure. And I don't care what you're doing. If you compare Elon Musk riches to the riches of God, he's a pauper. You have to remember that. Why did the Jew, the Jewish establishment, hate Jesus Christ the way they hated him? Because for a couple of centuries or for a couple of or at least one millennial, they had been determining within themselves what the coming of the Messiah was going to be. He was going to come and he was going to seek out the priest in the temple and the lawyers and the doctors and all these folks with all the wherewithal and the know-it-all. And they were going to be given all the stations in the church. But Jesus came and he walked along the shore of the Sea of Galilee and he met some smelly fishermen. Now listen, I used to fish at night with my Uncle Ray, my mother's oldest brother, back when I was... 13, 14, 15 years old with down in Manshack. And you fish all night and run trot lines and hug catfish and, and put them in a box and then cart them off to sell them somewhere. And the next day I might or might not take a shower. Now these guys, Peter and John, James, not James, Peter and John and Andrew, these guys have fished all night. Now they have got the fish ashore. They're going to be taking those fish to market. They are some smelly folks. But Jesus said to them, come follow me, and I'm going to make you fishers of men. Amen. There was a crowd following Jesus and they were in a worship service. Pastor spoke of worship service here last Brother, you did a great job last week if you hadn't been told. Man, whew. Every now and then one hits me that it's going to be around for a while and need to go back and look at it again. The crowd was following Jesus in a worship service. Woo, woo, woo. This is Jesus. Woo, woo. But there was a little woman who had been sick for 12 years. And her sickness made her unclean perpetually. She, by the law, 
she was unclean. And she was known in that neighborhood. And had they saw her coming, they knew by the law if she touched them, they became unclean. So I believe that she covered her face and in her heart she believed, if I can but touch the hem of his garment. Now, pastor talked about being all in a service for the worship, but when the word comes, we lose some people. We have to be careful. When she touched him, Jesus Christ, who is all about inclusion. Get this there, there we go. Who touched me? Now, he's being thrown. Everybody who can touch him is touching him because they are just in a worship mind. Brother, they are doing their thing. But somebody has come up to him who believes in him for what he is and what he is able to do, and the crowd would not have been happy to see her come because she was perpetually unclean by the law. But when she touched him, he said, I have felt virtue go forward. Luke 10. Let's go back to John 2.19. John 2.19 the people in the temple, the, the priests and the scribes and the Pharisees, they're on the porch of the temple and they see this guy coming down the street. John 2.19, and, and this is where Jesus went in and threw everybody out. And then they asked him, wherefore are you doing this? And he said to them, Jesus answered and said to them, destroy this temple and in three days... I will raise it up. And they were astonished at that. What are you talking about? It took our fathers 40 years to get this temple together. If we are not careful in respect of persons, if I'm not careful, I said I'm keep my pronouns personal. If I'm not careful with respect of persons, God can walk into my presence and I won't even know him. This man that came and stood before them outside the temple is the same God of John 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the same was in the beginning, and everything was made by him, and nothing that what you know, you know how it goes. John 114, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Well, that dwelt among us has come and stood before them at the temple. And they have respect of persons unto the God of heaven. Because they are so into themselves about what they know and what they can do that they don't even recognize God when he showed up. Whew. Luke 10, 13, two men went up into the temple to pray, the one a Pharisee and the other a publican. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself. Man, that is, that's a statement. You need to read that and think about it. He prayed 
with himself and a poor prayer partner he had. You don't want to pray with yourself. This is what you do when you pray with yourself. And he begins to pray, God, I thank you that I am not like other men are. I'm better than all that. I'm better than that bunch. Extortioners, unjust, or adulterers. Now, there's another guy who has come in to pray who's over here, and he's bowed on the floor, has his face to the floor, and won't even lift his eyes. And the Pharisees said, I think I'm not like this guy here. He's not even worthy to be here. I, th- I thank you, God, that I'm not like him. I have respect of persons here, and I am not like him. I fast twice in the week. I give my tithes of all that I possess. But the publican, afar off, would not lift up so much as his eyes unto heaven, but smote upon his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I have to be careful in my prayer life and in all that I do for God and, and, what, and what we're trying to accomplish, that I don't start telling God, God, do you see how righteous I am? Do you see how righteous I am? Look at the good work I did all day this day. Listen, Isaiah said our righteousness is but a filthy rag. When you start trying to measure whatever measure of righteousness you've accomplished, when you start trying to measure against a righteous God, you are so unrighteous. I used to teach my Sunday school class and tell them, you want to be careful of the Snow White syndrome. Remember Snow White, the old wicked mother or queen? She'd go in and look at the mirror, and she'd say, mirror, mirror on the wall, who's the fairest of us all? We, we've been around this 25 and 30 years. I've been in it 57 years. If you're not careful, you, when you get up and do your prayer in the morning, mirror, mirror on the wall, who's the most righteous of us all? And then if the mirror says, oh, well, it's Joe Blue down the street. I'm going to try to find out what he's doing. I want to find, I'm going to dig some dirt on him and cast it around. James told us you cannot have respect of persons. Let me tell you a quick story. I don't want to get into Brother Kyle's. Oh, Lord. It's going to have to be quick. 1984, the Olympics. I happened to be in Los Angeles for the Olympics. I wasn't there for the Olympics. I was in Los Angeles, and the Olympics were going on. That's above my pay grade, too. And uh, the 1984 Olympics was the very first Olympics in the modern age when they allowed the women to run a marathon. They thought that the women were the weaker vessels, and and they're they're not able to run a 27-mile race. You know, women are just not up to that. But there were petitions made 
for 20 years, in 1984, they, they, they included a women's marathon. There was a runner from Switzerland. She was 39 years old. And she had never, she, she was well known in the track and field world and she was a runner and she'd won a lot. But now she's 39 years old and this is the first time they've had a marathon for the women. And so she applied to enter. And the sports world went kind of nuts over it. Her name was Gabrielle Scheiss, 39 years old, end of her career of, as a runner. But she wanted to run that marathon because she was a woman and she wanted to show the world that I can do it. And they finally let her in and, and she took off on the run. That's been whenever they had the Brazil Olympics here back in 2016. It had been 32 years since she had run that race and they interviewed her during that Olympics. And I had saw her run in 84 and then I heard the interview in 16. To make a long story short, the people who were there to watch the race thought she was way out of her league. Why is she even doing this? She's not able to do this. She, this is not what she should be doing at this time in her life. But she was running. And she said in that interview in 2016, she said, At 23 miles in, I knew that I was in trouble. Now, she had trained in Switzerland, and they were running in Los Angeles, and the difference in the, in the climate and the humidity, all of that played a big part in her. She said, I knew I was in trouble. I'm going to tell you this story to tell you what part do we need to play when somebody is exhausted and tired, and they don't know what else to do, and they've come into us. What part do we play in them finding a place here? And I commend the river. We, we have a... We have such a welcoming spirit here. But anyway, she said at 25, at 25 miles, I knew I was in trouble, but she struggled. And the way the track was laid out in Los Angeles, the last mile came into the Coliseum, and they had to run all the way around the Coliseum path, and it finished there at the gate. That was the finish line of the marathon. When she came through the, through the portals, into the Colosseum, she was staggering. She was 24 minutes behind the leader. She would wind up finishing 37th. But she could barely, she was so exhausted that she could barely tell which way she, she should be going. And she was just staggering. It took her nearly six minutes to just go around the Colosseum. The, her doctor and the, and the doctors with the Olympics rushed out, but they could not touch her. All they could do was encourage her. And the doctor said that when he got there, he realized that she was still perspiring. So that meant that she still had it in her. If she hadn't have been perspiring, he would have, call, he, he would have called it. But he said they let her go. But she said something in that interview in 2016 that really caught my attention. When the crowd understand, understood, this is that 39-year-old woman. 
who is beyond her prime and but past her time. This is her. And she has determined in herself, though she's tired and weak and exhausted, she's still going to win. The, she's not going to win. She's going to finish this race. When the crowd in that stadium understood what was going on, they rose as one, and they cheered her all the way around that Colosseum. You can do it. Stay with it. Listen, we see people here commonly that come into the, to our services, and you know they're broken when they get here. We see people on Thursday nights. Sometimes we never see them again, but we give it our best shot. Thank you, Revive. Thank you. I'm going to close because I want to give Brother Kyle his time. Remember this. When you do some character studies in the Bible, Joab, the character Joab is a type in the Old Testament of your self-will. Joab was so full of his own will. He was a nephew to David. He served a very high position in the army under David. But he thought his will was as good as David's will. When the, during the rebellion of Absalom, the king said, do not kill my son Absalom. But it was Joab's judgment that he's an enemy of the kingdom Therefore, I'll kill him. And he did kill him. When David made peace with Abner in the house of Saul and settled a long civil war, Abner had killed Joab's younger brother Asahel. And Joab said, in my judgment, I have the right to kill him because he killed my brother. Therefore, I'm going to kill him. I'm going to say something that's a little bit hard. I'm, I'm talking to Ralph Stewart. If I allow my judgment in respect of persons and do not depart from it, it will eventually lead me outside of the church and I will follow after Adonijah in this story is typical uh, is, a, is a type of the devil. And I'll find myself actually following the devil. Because if there's one thing that God despises is that he loves someone and you choose to despise them. When that girl came in and went around that stadium, the cheer, she said, it was the, it was the cheers and the encouragement that I heard from that crowd that kept me going. I want to lose all of the respect of persons that I, I've ever had. And I want to be, I want to welcome anyone of any standard into this house of worship and let God do a work. We're going down.